0: Welcome back to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman. Today, I'm so excited to bring you my guest, Abigail Roberts. She will give you newfound hope in the next generation. She's officially my youngest podcast guest. She's 19, but she's done more in her life than a lot of us probably have, including starting a nonprofit when she was 13 years old. She's truly inspiring. So please tune in and enjoy. I'd also like to remind you that we have the giveaway going right now where if you leave an Apple podcast rating and review, you will be entered into a drawing to win a mystery box full of great stuff, probably well worth over $100 of value, including probably a journal, a pen, a t-shirt, and other mystery things. And also we had a giveaway last month, and the winner was Fellow Mom Listening. I'm still looking to find her contact information, so if you are Fellow Mom Listening, please reach out to me either by DM on Instagram at Normand or you can email me at bravery at gmail.com. Most of all, if you like this episode of the show, if you would screenshot it, share it to social media, uh, and tag myself, And Abigail, it would mean a lot to know that what she said to y'all made a difference. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast to interview authors. Entrepreneurs and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams to shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Abigail Roberts, welcome to the Beacons of Bravery show. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm so Super excited. excited to be here.
0: Yeah. You are officially my youngest guest, and I'm so <laughs> excited about that because tell us a little bit about where you are right now.
1: Well, um, I'm currently studying at Washtenaw Baptist University. Um, I'm a sophomore this year. So I technically could be a junior if I chose to be so. I came in with a good bit of hours, but you know, I'm just trying to really focus on taking these. Uh, four years and using it to the best of my ability and you know just taking this time in and soaking it all up for what it is so yeah. trying not to rush through things too quickly but yeah so I'm at Washtag, um getting my my major in biology and a minor in chem it's uh, oh, <laughs> been a lot for sure <laughs> yeah easiest thing I've ever done not oh my goodness it's it's been a It's been a lot, but it's definitely pushing me to limits I didn't know I had and, you know, making me go farther than those. And I'm learning a lot. So,
0: yeah, I think you already the audience should probably know how unique you are. A college student willing to spend a Sunday afternoon talking with this old lady. (laughs) So (laughs) I appreciate it. And now can I call you Abby or do you prefer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Abby and I are connected through one major person, and who is that to you?
1: That's my mom. Right. Um, yes. So I know that she uh, she's a coworker of yours, and she mm-hmm. she talks so highly of you. She loves you so much. Um, just from all the road trips y'all have had to go on together and everything, and just I know that uh, you've spoken a lot of goodness into her life. And um, oh, but yeah, so. My mom uh, she she's probably my biggest role model out of uh, anyone that I can think of. Uh, we are we're really close um, mm-hmm. and i've been I've been blessed to have a, a good relationship in that sense because I know that um, that doesn't come around super often, so right. um, very thankful for my mom <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And her mom is Tara, Roberts, yes. who will Tara be Walker. a future guest on this show. And you're being kind saying we're coworkers, she's actually my boss <laughs> and I, I can relate. We're really close. And she has also been a big source of encouragement to me. She has made me believe in myself more than I thought. She so does a good job of that yeah. <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> so just a way of um, kind of a fun question. I like to ask, where are you in the birth order of your siblings? And how, if any, do you think that's affected you? I know the answer, but I want the audience yeah.
1: to know. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, yeah, so I'm the oldest. I have a younger brother, Devant, uh, which he'll be 16 at the end of this month, which is is mind-blowing for me <laughs> to think about, but also pretty terrifying. Um, watch out, all you drivers. But no, I'm just kidding. He'll, he's going to be great. But um, So yeah, I'm the oldest. Um, that has definitely shaped the way that I've, you know, grown up and my, uh, like we said, type A personality. So growing up, I always, you know, I was the one that was gonna most likely get the chores done. I was the one that was, you know, just taking on the the role model of, you know, just being the hard worker and not that advanced not a hard worker. I know he is, but I'm gonna be the first to probably say, okay, I'm gonna get this done because I don't like pushing things off. Um, I would much rather, you know, get something done and then go throughout the rest of my day rather than thinking about everything I've got to get done later. But so, yeah, it's definitely um, shaped my the way I organize things, just all of that kind of stuff. So,
0: so tell us a little bit about what was happening in the world around the time you were born. Something pretty significant, right?
1: Yes. Um, So my mom went into labor with me uh, as 9-11 was happening. Um, And that's actually something that I've always, although I, you know, I don't, I can't remember it. I don't remember that day specifically, but getting to hear my family and my mom and dad talk about what that was like of um, just, you know, bringing life into the world while so much life was getting taken away and um, how just kind of surreal that moment was for them I it's really interesting for me to hear about you know how crazy that like life happens like that you know there's there can be so much darkness surrounding things and at the same time that was you know one of the happiest moments of my parents life so it you know I that was a lot of emotions for them and it's that's always been something that I you know I cherish listening to because it was just such a big big moment for not only my parents but our nation and yeah. our world as a whole so
0: well that was truly unique I remember I've, your mom and I have talked about it from time to time just the world was stopping and here mm-hmm. I worked in a hospital at the time she was in the hospital having you and we were all just you know almost shut down just because right. we were watching the tv and all the stuff happening yeah. on 9-11 so
1: Yeah. My, my grandparents were actually supposed to fly to New York that morning. Really? Um, Yeah. So, and since I was being born, they, they obviously canceled that flight and were on their way to Georgia. So it's just crazy how things, you know, happened for that day. And my Nana was working um, on the base. So it felt like she had a whole other thing that she was having to handle. And then getting the call that her daughter was you know going to labor so there's just so many different stories and um, perspectives that just kind of blow my mind when I listen to them Mm -hmm. all the experiences so
0: well one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because you've done some really outstanding things for a um, person your age and you've done them even starting in high school and probably before that I'm not sure. I'm going to let you talk about the nonprofit that has the best name of any <laughs> anything that I've ever heard. But Abby, you started this when you were how old? Uh, it was
1: the summer of my eighth grade year. So I think oh. I was about 13.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. god! So tell the audience <laughs> a little bit about your nonprofit. Is that correct? Yes.
1: Yeah. So basically, the way, uh, there was this moment um, about when I was 13 that I just I really felt a calling to start something that made people of all ages realize that, you know, you have a purpose and it's never too early to start learning what that is. And one day, my my best friend from Georgia, uh, she, we were on the phone. We, we obviously have a long distance best friend relationship with me being in Louisiana and her being in Georgia. So uh, we were just having one of our monthly calls talking and Um, She had mentioned to me how this girl at her high school was sharing her testimony and um, she had lost her best friend and she was, you know, at her gravesite and just kind of reflecting on the memories that they had together. And she just realized, like, you have this dash that's in between the day that you're born and the day you die. So it's really up to you on how you're going to live that because you only get one. And that just really stuck with me. So, I guess I have uh, Skyler to thank for that. You know, just the idea of the name of "What's Your Dash?" And so, from that point, I just I told my mom I was like, "Mom, I really feel like I'm sp- I'm supposed to, you know, create a way for people that's my age or any age to be able to give back to their community." And so, from that point forward, I just I start I created an Instagram. I basically just had this mission of like, I actually had this quote that I found, um, and it was life is not about finding who you are. It's about finding who God created you to be. And so, like I said, we all have this purpose and we all have our own individual gifts. So, and that was my goal was to help people realize that, you know, and I just, I strongly believe that we were not just created to just live and be here. I think we were created to thrive. And so, from that point forward, I started to make some connections with some uh, local community service organizations like the uh, Hope House of Shreveport, which um, uh, is centered around uh, the homeless community as well as the Providence House. They differ in what they do and support, but they both offer uh, just a bunch of hygienic products to those that are homeless. And uh, the Providence House is more centered on creating an atmosphere, atmosphere that allows uh, the homeless to get back on their feet. Um, and that kind of sense. And then the Hope House is just a place for them to come and get the things that they need that they are lacking at that moment. Um, so I just made a lot of connection, connections in those areas. And I went with it. And I just said, you know, wherever you need me, I'll be there and I will get the word out. And from that point forward, I just started to have these uh, drives of, you know, trying to get donation items and that kind of thing. And um, my first event you know, I just kind of had to remind myself whether 50 people show up or two people show up, if one life has changed, like mm-hmm. that's all that matters. And so, uh, and for me, you know, that's, I still struggle with that. You know, you have to remind yourself that it's really not about the numbers when it comes to making impacts impact, because mm-hmm. it, the only thing that really matters is that one life. So that was, that was something that, re- that I probably took away the most from uh, creating that organization it's just that like you know it's not really about the quantity it's the quality and so yeah so I learned a lot from that but uh, moving forward from uh, high school you know and that was a really big part of my high school was you know what's your dash and being able to get involved in my community and everything like that I've obviously going to college it's been a little bit harder to focus completely on that Mm -hmm. uh because since I am an athlete um I'm biology major so time consuming wise it's been a lot more difficult but OBU has a really great community service opportunities on this campus that I've Mm -hmm. just been super involved in in that way but one day I do hope to continue what's your dash and to continue to grow it um whether that is in my career or you know whatever that may look like but Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's basically the gist of what's your dash and just everything that's kind of influenced me in and taught me. So, yeah. which has been a lot. I mean, that's
0: so cool because your dash could be a hundred years and you could right. do nothing <laughs> with that time. Right. Or it could be 25 and you impact, you know, a ton of mm-hmm. people. So I, I love the name of of that. And it's really remarkable you're, you're just an amazing person to me. Well, thank you so much. And you mentioned being an athlete. And so you're, you're playing a sport there at Ouachita Baptist, right? And what is that sport? Um, I'm playing volleyball. So were you always a volleyball player, like from uh, kindergarten on? (laughs) Absolutely not.
1: (laughs) So um, volleyball was definitely sort of a last minute decision. And it was honestly one of those things that was just like, well, my, my friends are doing it, so I guess I'll try this out. So freshman year of high school, I up to that point, I'd only, you know, I basically tried out every sport possible. And my mom, she's a softball uh, player growing up. She played softball in college. So, um, and I really did enjoy softball. I just never really, you know, got into it as much as she did. And so when I got to high school and I, you know, tried out for the volleyball team, at that time we had a no cut policy, thankfully, because I don't know what would have happened if uh, that had not been the case. So it was me and probably about a hundred other girls, you know, trying out for this team. And, um, we, so from that point forward, I started to realize like, wow, I actually like throwing myself on the floor to keep the ball from hitting it. So it, it just kind of clicks for me. And, um, High school or volleyball at my high school was really only about three or four years old at that point. Mm -hmm. So, when it came to comparing, you know, to Dallas or just really anywhere else in our state, uh, we were just pretty far behind. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I knew about my sophomore year that was kind of when I realized, like, hey, I actually really enjoy this and I think I could, you know, potentially uh, do this in college. I reached out to my local club team. I was practicing probably almost every single day, you know, in hopes of being able to um, make it at the college level. And man, that was that a ride because, you know, I truly, I did not have the experience that the majority of people would have had coming into a division II college. And Mm -hmm. so that that definitely took a lot of work. And uh, the tryout that I had going into OBU was probably the most fearful I've ever been in my life (laughs) honestly I went to bed terrified I woke up terrified (laughs) I wish that I could say I wasn't um but truly I I was so scared and it was you know when I look back now I just I wish I could have convinced myself of you know you only get one shot at this and you're going to waste it on being afraid Mm -hmm. rather than enjoying it for what it is. And But I was just so scared of failing, so scared Mm -hmm. of failing all the people that put their time into me, put all the effort of, you know, just the countless hours that people put into helping me get there and get to that tryout. So I was pretty scared. But um, by the grace of God, (laughs) (laughs) I ended up making it. And I will continue to tell people this because it probably was one of the worst games I had ever played if I'm being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I, you know, I missed both of my serves. I, I knew, I was like, ah, there's just no way I'm going to get on this team. There's no way. And then um, I, my club coach talked to her. I'm really thankful for him and everything that he's done because honestly, I, I truly don't think I would be playing if it were not for him. And so after his conversation and then, At the time, I was not allowed to talk to my coach because of NCAA rules. So my mom uh, and her were talking, and I was just watching, you know, trying to read what was going on. And, oh, my gosh, I was praying the whole time. And then she comes over and tells me I'll make it. And that was truly one of the best days of my life. But also, like I said, it was just so full of anxiety and fear. But, yeah, so.
0: Well, Abby... Volleyball is a sport where people are very tall usually. Is that the case with you? Were <laughs> yeah. you a natural fit for know. volleyball?
1: <laughs> I am not a natural fit for volleyball. Um, I am definitely on defense, and I um, high school I was libero, so that's the position that usually the shortest person on the team has. So, um, and I am five four on a good day, normally five three. So yeah, so I definitely was not ever going to be the uh, six to middle. Right. I, uh, so I put a lot of my work into of, you know, making sure I was the best one of getting those balls off the floor mm-hmm. and making that my job. So yeah, I knew going into it. And even at the division two level, I mean, the majority of DSs are, you know, they're not, they're still not really five three. They're a little bit taller than that. Mm-hmm. All, however, The libero on my team is, uh, I think she's a little bit shorter than me, so I got a little bit, I got a little bit on her, so, (laughs) no, but, yeah, the experience of being on my team, though, has just been absolutely amazing, I love each and every single one of those girls so very Mm -hmm. much, and, yeah, it's, I just could have never really imagined what God had in store for that for me, you know, I Mm -hmm. could, I had a lot of hopes and dreams of what it was going to be like, but he's far exceeded that, so. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I just think that's inspiring because a lot of times people say, well, I don't have the build for it. Mm -hmm. I started late in my career, high school. Mm -hmm. We know starting a sport in high school, especially here in the South, people have been playing Mm -hmm. softball since they're four or whatever the sport is. But I just think it's inspiring that you didn't let that uh, detract you at all or that you may not have been what most volleyball players are, Mm height-wise, you know, so I just think, I think that's really inspiring. So, Washita Baptist University, where's that located?
1: Uh, That's in Arkadelphia, Arkansas.
0: Well, how did that come about, that you chose Washita Baptist?
1: Well, um, so my dad's side of the family, uh, there's been several family members that have gone gone there over the years and uh, specifically my dad he he actually he played football there and oh. so yeah so just kind of getting to carry on the family legacy of Washita alum so growing up I you know I went there a lot and my dad just always told told us about his experience at Washita and just how special it really was and so yeah it's just been cool getting to like kind of experience everything that he's told me growing up and just everything that he got to do while he was there and I'm kind of getting to do the same thing and uh getting to like talk to him about that kind of stuff is just pretty cool and it he's he's really passionate about OBU and so uh, and I can see why now for sure. Yeah. So
0: the family that's tradition. It. That's neat. Yes.
1: Yes. And you know and um, before when I started to decide that, I, you know, I wanted to play uh, in college, you know, he played a really big role in helping me realize that that was possible. And, you know, mm-hmm. reminding me that it was going to take a lot of dedication and hard work. And so, yeah, so it was just cool, you know, getting to see my dad help me, you know, become, you know, a college athlete and yeah. get to kind of experience the same thing that he did, especially at Washington.
0: That's neat. What position did he play? I didn't know he played football. Yeah, he uh
1: he was a quarterback. So really? yeah. <laughs> he uh, he was
0: kind of uh, campus.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, he and um he always talks about Coach Benson. He he uh he's he passed away a couple of years, but he played a really big role on uh, my dad's life. And so you know, we got to meet him and that was just a really cool cool experience as well. And my dad's really big on, you know, just like motivational things. And uh-huh. I think a lot of that stemmed from um, you know, his time at Washtenaw and the people that influenced him there, including like his coaches and
0: yeah. everything
1: like that. So that that was just really cool to experience. Uh-huh.
0: So well coaches yeah. are influential uh, I mean, more than they probably know in everybody's Oh life.
1: yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Yes. And I, I mean, and my dad's he's coached uh, several times and mm-hmm. at different places. And that definitely can come out in him whenever he's trying <laughs> to talk to me about my own sport and his coaching habit starts to come out. And we always laugh. It's just, you know, he can go on for until you stop him because, <laughs> you know, he's just he just loves to be motivational. And, you know, I we always laugh about that because we see that in my brother, too. And just. They're the goofballs of the family for sure. So, <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> yeah. Me knowing your mom and you telling us a little bit more about your dad it seems like you kind of won the parent lottery. <laughs> You're very, yeah, very fortunate. Yeah, I, God, God blessed you with that.
1: I'm I am very fortunate. Um, I'm very thankful, and you know i I know that it's not common, you know, to have a. Not, you don't always have great relationships with your parents, you know, especially mm-hmm. in today's world. So mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for that. And I know my brother is as well. So we um, last semester, actually. So as athletes, we had to get tested a lot more than uh, what the normal student mm-hmm. would have been uh, because we are in close contact more. And um, one of the biggest transition was uh, we had to work out in masks. We had oh. to play in masks. We're still we still you know, currently have to play in masks, So that was, that was hard and frustrating because you know, that it's, that's definitely the last thing that you want to be doing when you're running sprints is have a mask on your face. But so uh, last year, last semester we got sent home probably four times throughout Mm -hmm. the semester for quarantine because of close contact because of our team. Cause so if one person came up positive, then the whole team got sent home. I was home for a large portion of the the semester and so that also was kind of having to transition back and forth between being at school and then being at home and everything. But but yeah, OBU is completely in person. Uh, We still have, uh, we still wear masks, although Arkansas no longer has the mask mandate. But uh, it's slowly starting to seem like things are getting to be a lot more normal. Um, The majority of our faculty has been vaccinated and So, you know, we're moving to towards being able to be completely, uh, unmasked and back to normal OBU. So,
0: um, so you already mentioned a big fear that you Mm -hmm. had to, um, I'll say conquer, but you know, with God's help and all that, your volleyball tryout, Yes. is there any other major thing that you can think of that was a big looming obstacle or fearful thing to you that you made it through somehow, or is that the biggest one that stands out?
1: Well, I feel like personally, I don't think other than the volleyball moment, I don't have like a very specific, um, very specific moment, but there's been multiple times in my life that I have just felt this overwhelming sense of fear of failure. Mm -hmm. Um, throughout high school, I was in way too many clubs, honestly. (laughs) Uh, that was just, That was just how I I was. I mean, if there was a club, I was going to sign up for it. I was going to be involved. And um, although that was really, you know, enriching and I met so many people in that, it also was really tiring and it put a lot of weight on me because not only was I going to be in these clubs, I was going to try and be a position. (laughs) I was going to try and be president. So, you know, I just did everything in my power to just try and, you know, put on the workload. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but I just, I... I just really felt like I am a very, I like to be involved. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to, honestly, me and my mom laugh about this a lot because we struggle with this so much Is we don't know how to sit still. We do not <laughs> know how to just sit and be and not feel like we need to get something done. Um, and so that was how I was in high school. But with that came with just so many responsibilities and so many people that I felt like I was carrying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was just always this sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm failing these people or I'm not doing good enough. or um, And then th- that's also when like with volleyball as well. And just that sense of like, people are counting on me. Um, I have to, I have to do this. And also just for myself, because I, I hold myself to a very high standard. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I tend to put a lot of weight on myself when it comes to that. But uh, I've definitely learned <laughs> the importance of grace, though, Mm -hmm. in the past year, I actually, so there's this book, uh, or it's a devotional, and it's called "New Morning Mercies uh, by Paul David Tripp, and my roommate was the one that recommended it to me, but he talks about how, uh, he talks a lot about grace, and how, you know, if we don't give grace to ourselves, then we're never going to be full enough to give grace to Mm -hmm. others, and um, so that's something I had to learn in high school, and going into college, because I just found myself constantly thinking like, oh, my gosh, okay, I've got to be happy. I got to be happy. I got to seem like I have it all together Mm because, you know, I don't want people to think that something's wrong, you know, and that's not how life works. You know, and people need to see that that's not how life works, because if you're constantly putting on this front that, you know, everything's good and you've got it all together, then that's not real, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be able to relate to you. And one of my favorite quotes from this book, actually, is it was on March 8th. So last month that I read it, but he says that, yes, your life is messy and hard, but that's not a failure of the plan. It is the plan. It's God working to complete what he's begun in you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you fail or when you think you you failed, you know, that that might be God's grace. That might be the uncomfortable grace that he's promised us Mm -hmm. uh, because he never promised that life is going to be all sunshine and rainbows. And a lot of the time, you know, we grow the most when we're uncomfortable. Right. And so for me, that meant coming into college and knowing that I was not going to be good as the majority of people on my team and knowing that I was going to have to work hard and uh, be in this this really uh, demanding major as well. It's just reminding myself that God's grace is so much greater and surpasses anything that I could ever imagine. So I need to learn how to give
0: grace to myself. So that's what I've been learning on this, this season of life. <laughs> and it's, it's tough as a perfectionist. I think you shared with me, you're an Enneagram one. The perfectionist. Yes. <laughs> and it, It's hard. It, it's just a struggle. If you're not that type of person, people probably can't relate, but you're doing a great job of working through that say the name of that
1: book again. Uh, it's called New Morning Mercies uh, mm-hmm. by Paul David Tripp. Okay. Yeah. Another book that I thinking off the top of my head that I also have just has been really life changing. Another one recommended by my uh, roommate, of <laughs> course, uh, is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And that's by John Mark Comer. But oh my goodness, he speaks so much good truth in that. And it's basically just kind of talking about how Jesus was never in a hurry. There is never one point in the Bible where you see Jesus rushing to get somewhere. Um, so why do we think that when we don't rest or we don't take that time to just be alone or just, you know, take a moment to take a deep breath? Like, why do we expect ourselves to be able to do that if the king of the universe didn't do that himself, you know? Yeah. So it's it's a really good read, and it's just kind of, it talks a lot about, you know, how you can daily remind yourself in those, you know, seemingly simple tasks to just take it slow. Because, you know, I think going back to talking about the dash, like, if you're just constantly in a hurry to get through this life, you're going to miss out on all of the moments that could be life-changing. So Yeah. It's, that's also a really good read. Um, if you ever get the chance.
0: Well, you've mentioned that you're a biology major Mm -hmm. and a chemistry minor, right? Yes. So what are your plans for profession or the future?
1: So for a while, I had this idea that I was going to do, um, equine physical therapy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so I, my best friend that I mentioned, uh, from Georgia. She, I have a horse at her farm and I just love uh, go, getting to ride when I go and visit her. So I just had this picture of, you know, the, the horse life and everything that could entail with that. So, but I quickly realized that, you know, I didn't want my occupation to define where I lived, you know, and that was definitely going to be something that would come with equine therapy. So I was, I actually went to a, a eye doctor appointment one day and I was like, you know, I actually could see myself doing this. And so from that point forward, I was like, I just started to research, you know, what it would be like to uh, go into optometry. And ever since then, it just kind of felt right. Uh, So that's what I that's what I'm planning on doing is uh, applying for optometry school. And I guess next year, oh my gosh, that's so soon. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, pretty soon. So um, going into optometry. And then I also Obviously, as we've talked about, I'm super service oriented and I want to be able to do mission work. Um, That's something I'm really passionate about. So hopefully with optometry, I'll be able to implement mission work through that, whether that's locally, you know, giving free eye exams or Mm -hmm. going across the country and, you know, offering that to uh, lesser countries as well. So I'm excited to see, you know, where that goes. I think there's a
0: big opportunity with specifically that specialty and helping, helping others and Mm -hmm. here and in other countries. So you mentioned horses and I've always been interested in them. I've never been a horse person. I've never been around them, but I've heard a lot of really cool things about them, like that they can, they recognize you. They can sense your feelings even. Give us a little, (laughs) from your perspective, what the horse person relationship is like.
1: Well, so I, there have been multiple instances that I've been uh, riding my horse or just on one of my best friend's horses. And, you know, if you start to feel nervous or you start to feel uncomfortable, the horse can sense that. And so they will start to feel uncomfortable. And, you know, when you're riding, you really have to learn how to remain calm um, because they pick up on those senses. And that's what ultimately makes them ate like antsy and so then you're going to start freaking out because your horse is freaking out so it's just kind of this process of learning how to um, you know remain patient and also learn how to calm yourself in somewhat scary situations you can ask my mom you can ask Skylar any of them I've probably fallen off at least ten different times, and I—it it is the grace of God that I had not broken anything or anything like that. But we always knew going to Georgia that there was possibly going to be an ER trip because <laughs> me and my best friend—we just, oh my gosh, we do some crazy things that we probably should not be doing on the horses. But, um, but yeah, I—it's I, definitely one of the most peaceful things too to be sitting on sitting on a horse sometimes and just like taking in God's creation and that's definitely I think one of the my biggest happy places is just getting to slow down and you know be in that moment and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so but you also (laughs) picked up
0: um barrel racing right yes
1: (laughs) yes uh, The Um, other
0: things that you do barrel racing was one
1: barrel racing was one uh that was definitely my Skylar once again her her help um she is a barrel racer through and through she wants to if she could she would do it completely professionally and you know she is so amazing when it comes to just the horse world and everything and training and all that stuff but yeah so she taught me she taught me how to ride uh, and do barrels and so when I do get to go home i I go to races with her and we we run our horses and it's it's super fun it's it's scary because yeah. I still get so nervous every time but But yeah, that adrenaline rush is like, that's what makes it worth it. It's just so fun.
0: Well, one of the other things I know about you, just because I've, you know, been around your mom for many years as you were growing up, is that Mm -hmm. you also um, acted and sang, or maybe you still do. Tell us a little bit about what effect you think that had on your life, your confidence, Mm -hmm. or just in general, what it's like to be in the, you know, production world.
1: Yeah, so elementary school, that's where I really, I started, I got into Academy of Children's Theater. And so, um, I started to take these active acting classes and I can definitely say that, that a lot of that has, um, helped me when it comes to my, like, what's your dash even, you know, having to talk in front of people and having to not just like talk to myself and just be loud and that kind of thing. I definitely think that helped me, uh be bold in that way Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy to think about now when I because middle school me and elementary school me would have never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing right now you know Mm -hmm. I'm playing volleyball you know being a science major that's just not what I had ever envisioned Mm -hmm. for me so it's just kind of crazy because I got I feel like I got the best of both worlds honestly because Um, I went I have experienced the theatrical part theatrical part of life but I've also experienced the athlete part you know Mm -hmm. so I I'm thankful for that because I definitely think it shapes me in a lot of ways I am not the best singer I can tell you that right now (laughs) I can I can barely carry a tune but um the acting part that was always my fun the most fun part to me and just I am more keen to the goofy, just like silly side roles of things. Um, Mm -hmm. That's definitely what I prefer. But, um, but yeah, it was just definitely a way to just help me have fun and loosen up a bit, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. so. I kind of wish I would have been into the drama club or acting or something like that, because It, I mean, I've always had a fear of being in the spotlight or being on stage mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think if you kind of conquer that at a younger age, it might be easier than trying to do it in your 30s and
1: 40s. Yeah, no, I definitely I think so too. And my mom played a big role in, you know, encouraging me to do that kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely agree that it has shaped my ability to not be as nervous as I think I would have been if I hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. But it also introduced me to a whole different realm of people that I never probably would have been around if it had not been for that. So, you know, it's just overall, I think it helped me be a more rounded person, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely can't think of two more opposite groups than (laughs) drama people and athletes. For sure.
1: And there were definitely moments in high school where I was like, sorry, um, I have to go to practice, but I will make sure I learn my lines. And then there was also the moments where, sorry, I've got the plate and I can't be to practice. So yeah. uh, also learning how to balance that. So as yeah. well was, that was a part of high school. So
0: it seems like you must have like 48 hours in every day. I don't know.
1: feels like it somehow, <laughs> you know, and that's why I really enjoyed reading the ruthless elimination of hurry. Cause you know, I am go, go, go all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you, if that is your life, you have to, you have to find ways to take time to rest because I, with, I don't know if you know this yet, but I, or if my mom mentioned it to you, but about my diagnosis with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, but that also has played a really big role in just like, I've had to learn how to slow down because my body like also cannot handle it if I don't give myself time to rest and, and stuff like that. So
0: share a little bit about what that is, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know that diagnosis.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's pretty rare. And for a while it was, you know, we, I didn't get diagnosed with this until last August. So it's, it's pretty new and I'm still learning a lot about it, but basically the, um, the, ten- the ligaments in my body are way too loose. So I'm way too flexible. I, uh, I've always been flexible and I always, you know, j- I did gymnastics growing up and I was like, Hey, look what I can do. And I'm like doing splits on the wall. So just things <laughs> that I should not be able to do. Yeah. And so while that's really cool, it just means a lot more wear and tear on my joints mm-hmm. and things like that. And so with that comes a lot of different side effects. And, um, Being an athlete, college athlete, uh, that's been a whole separate journey of trying to realize some of the things that I can't do or otherwise I will injure myself. I actually have, I've got torn cartilage in both my wrists that eventually might need surgery uh, from this diagnosis. And I'm more likely to dislocate things. Mm -hmm. Um, I had the hypermobile version. There are multiple types of EDS. But so, yeah, that basically just means, though, that I have to be extra careful because it's hard for me to realize when I'm pushing myself too far. Mm -hmm. And uh, it also means a lot of fatigue. And there's just been a lot of symptoms growing up that I just could never explain. Mm -hmm. I could never put, we could never, every time we went to the doctor, they were just like, I don't, I mean, there's just nothing that they could give me. And we finally went to a rheumatology appointment because I was just like at my, you know, honestly breaking point. Cause I was like, Mm -hmm. I need help, but because it also means a lot of back pain, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, One crazy fact is EDS people usually produce um, adrenaline, a lot of adrenaline just at the wrong time. So uh, I won't have any adrenaline throughout the day. And then at night it kicks in. And so I'm like wide awake. So there's a lot of different things that I'm learning about and uh, learning how my body works (laughs) and trying to adapt because if I want to keep being able to do the things I'm doing and, playing volleyball, you know, I, I have to learn for myself, uh, what that might look like for me individually. So.
0: Interesting. And say the name of it again.
1: Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Uh, it's yeah. Abbreviated EDS, but there's, there's different types. There's like a cardiovascular type, which which is a lot more serious. So yeah. Uh, but I, I have the hyper, hyper hypermobile version, which, There actually is not a genetic marker for that yet, which means that it can't get genetically tested Mm -hmm. or there won't, if I was to get genetically tested for it, the hypermobile version would not show up. Um, The EDS might, but the, the version might not. So that's why it's so hard to diagnose um, and get a diagnosis for people like that, just because there's not really testing that you can do Mm -hmm. for that. But.
0: Okay. So Abby you're truly a remarkable person. And I mean, it's like you've squeezed so much into your 19, 20 years, 19, 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But looking off into the future, you've told us kind of your goals, like career wise, is there any, and I hate to focus on fear, because you seem to have a pretty good grip on, you know, how to how to overcome fears, but is there anything looming out there? That's the next big step for you to like an obstacle that you're Mm -hmm. thinking it's going to be difficult to overcome. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I wouldn't say I've got a pretty good grip on fear, (laughs) but I do. I think I just, I think it's something that I consider a lot more, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've learned just by listening to honestly, a lot of other podcasts as well. It's just, you know, they say, you know, if you can't get rid of the fear, then just do it afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of a big thing that I think I'm going to have to keep reminding myself moving forward. But I guess one thing that I am going to have to start preparing for future wise is, you know, the idea of having to apply to these optometry schools and uh, whether or not I'm going to get accepted and where I'm going to end up because there's not optometry schools in Arkansas or Louisiana. And so, yeah, so I, I, I won't. I will most likely not be close to family. And so that's something that I'm going to have to take into consideration. And then um, also with my boyfriend and I just trying to navigate what the future looks like for us as well. And, you know, uh, moving into what that's going to look like with me being in optometry school and, you know, our hopes for our future together. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that can be, if you start to think about it for a while, that's a lot of unknown. And so and I've, I mean, I think everyone struggles with not knowing what's going to happen. But, uh, but yes, yeah, particularly for me, I think that that's been a big thing in my life that I've struggled with is just not knowing what's going to happen next and having to just let go. But with these past two years at OBU, that's something that I've learned, you know, that God is really faithful in that. And that, you know, where I do end up is, you know, that's where I'm supposed to be uh, no matter what. But yeah, so I think moving forward, the next thing that's probably going to be the hardest and most challenging will be going to optometry school and navigating that new atmosphere, mainly because OBU, going to OBU, I, I grew up going there. So, you know, it really wasn't that new for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt already really comfortable there. So mm-hmm. that wasn't that hard. But uh, optometry, that's going to be a whole nother level because, you know, I I don't know where I'm going to end up yeah. until, you know. I get an acceptance letter. So it's, that's definitely going to be hard and just Mm -hmm. going to have to remind myself that, you know, I can't control everything as much as I want to and as much, you know, it's not a bad thing to have a plan. I don't think, I think it's always good to have an idea of what you want, but um, the second that you put that over, you know, God's will, like that's when it's going to become a lot harder Mm -hmm. because you can miss out on a lot of good things. So, yeah.
0: It'll be yeah. interesting, uh, depending on where you go, because Louisiana and Arkansas are pretty similar in Georgia, the areas that yeah. you're, you're familiar with. But what if you um, get accepted in New York or, you know, something yeah. like that? It was kind of the opposite for me. I was born and raised in Oregon, and I got accepted into physical therapy school in Texas. And so it was a total right. 180 from <laughs> how I was raised. So it'll be for sure. But it's always fun. I mean, I think about who the people I would have not met or, mm-hmm. you know, just the way, like you said, God's plan is uh, better than ours,
1: right? Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Well, as we kind of wrap up, you've already mentioned a couple of books that you recommend, I usually ask that. And then there was a quote out of one of them. Is there any other yeah. quote or anything that you can think of? or? Um. Well,
1: one thing that I like I said, that I've just been learning a lot is about grace. And, um, and also just, for me, I think I struggle a lot with, you know, I'm a people pleaser, I want to do what uh, I think is going to make other people happiest. And, you know, that's not necessarily a completely and totally bad thing. But, you know, there comes a point in your life that you just kind of have to realize, like, if what you're doing is like stealing your joy, or like killing your confidence, you know, Try not to blame others and try not to blame God, but, you know, come to yourself, come to God and think about, you know, okay, well, what do I want? You know, what, what is, what are my hopes and dreams? You know, because I, that's definitely something that I'm going to have to really work hard on, you know, not letting the other's opinions, uh, control what I decide Mm -hmm. that I want for my future. So, but a a quote that I've always really loved, and I actually, I wrote about it, um, and my, uh, student of the year finalist like essay thing uh-huh. um and it's by Irma Bombeck but she says that when I stand before God at the end of my life I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say I used everything you gave me and um I know you mentioned that I've managed to squeeze in a lot within these 19 years but honestly you know I just always just had this like idea that we are supposed to live in the now and the, you know, cause we seriously are not promised tomorrow, you know, and any person that lives like that, then you're not living for today. And so I, I really just love that quote because it just means that I am going to do my best to, um, give everything I've got and the gifts that I do have, but, and that doesn't mean I'm going to fail because I fail every single day at that. Um, but it does mean that, I'm going to, you know, really, really focus and and try to encourage others and myself that, you know, I was here for, I was put here for a purpose and I have my own abilities. And, you know, I'm sure my mom is probably going to talk about this and hers, but uh, we talk a lot about how comparison is honestly the worst thing that could Mm -hmm. you you could possibly do. And it kills a lot of like, you just, you know, your ability and Mm -hmm. what you were put on the earth to do. So, yeah. Uh, so just, I, that's one quote that I really like to think about as I go throughout
0: my day and my life. <laughs> I love that. Cause it also has to do with your, what's your dash you're, you know, you're given everything yes. in that dash, all your talents yes. so that nothing's left on the table, but I, I love that. So tell us about a podcast that you enjoy listening to. Can you recommend to others?
1: Yeah. I love to listen to Sadie Robertson's What well, That's Good Podcast. She I think it comes out every Wednesday of the week and she has on some just phenomenal people on there. Um just and it's you know it's a variety of people. It's you know that she's got Tim Tebow, and then she's got uh some some Ben Higgins from The Bachelor, you know, mm-hmm. just just a really wide you know spectrum of people, Bob Goff, all those really oh, influential yeah. uh people. So um, just getting to listen to her every week. Um, I, I like to listen to her when I work out. So kind of just change it up from a music standpoint to yeah. listening to podcasts, because I don't know, I just like to think, you know, while I'm working out. So yeah. but yeah, I definitely recommend her for sure.
0: I'll have to give that a listen. I, I do like her. Um, and then do you also recommend her to follow on social media? I usually ask, who do you like to follow? Yeah,
1: yeah, probably her. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that I can think of, but, but definitely the first one that comes to mind or somebody yeah. asked that, um,
0: "Is there a movie that you can recommend that you watch over and over again that you just love?
1: Yeah, so... Me and my boyfriend were actually talking about this the other day, you know, because I was like, listening, off, listening, listing off all of his like favorite movies and everything. And then he's like, well, I can't really pick one for you because, like, I just love movies, I watch so many of them, and honestly. Going to the movie theater is probably, like, my favorite thing to do. I just love going to watch movies. And if I had to pick, like, just to go and do something on, like, on a Friday night, that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to go and eat some movie theater butter popcorn (laughs) and watch a movie. Um, But I guess if I – this is going to be really cheesy, um, but I love finding Dory. (laughs) So, I've always – like, I actually, on my car, I have a, a license plate that says just keep swimming. Mm-hmm. um and so i love i just love dory and i love uh the finding Nemo, finding nemo and i just love those little movies they're so cute and uh just kind of inspiring i don't know I just, i've always loved finding dory though just a, so yeah that's my cheesy movie that i love a um, metaphor
0: for life or an inspiration yeah keep swimming just keep swimming <laughs> yep <laughs> so as we come to a close I'm sure there's people in the audience who will want to follow you on social media (laughs) or reach out to you, DM you in some way. Um, Do you want to tell them how people can connect with you?
1: Yeah. So my Instagram name is um, Abigail.Roberts19. So that's how you can find me on Instagram. And then I also, well, I got logged out, but I'm, (laughs) I can't, I, have um obviously I have a page for what's your dash but the easiest way to follow what's your dash would be on Facebook um Uh you can just if you just type in what's your dash you can uh follow them there so yeah and I try to post uh from time to time some encouragement on there and Mm -hmm. you can see kind of all the all the different service opportunities that we've done
0: and um that kind of thing so
1: yeah so yeah and I'm on Facebook too so if you just want to look me up uh, Abigail Roberts you can do that too
0: well thank you again so much for coming on we've kind of we've run the gamut in our topics because you have a (laughs) multifaceted life for sure. Is there any last parting thing on your mind or your heart that you want to share with the audience?
1: Um, Just, you know, I know this, this podcast is about being bold and being brave. And, you know, like I said, I think the devil does a really good job of trying to convince us that we are not enough and that we, you know, we aren't here to do anything, but just breathe. But, (laughs) you know, that's the farthest from the truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a God out there that loves you deeply and um, loves you more than you could ever even imagine. So I guess that's just my encouragement is that you are loved and that you are enough and you have more of an impact than you could ever think if you just take that step forward and, uh, you know, be bold. And, you know, that could even just be smiling at someone or opening the door for them and telling them to have a good day. It doesn't have to be, you know, this big, extravagant, starting your own, you know, organization. It, yeah. it, you literally just being kind to someone, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, just take advantage of those opportunities that you've got, you get in your day because they might not be there tomorrow.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And just keep oh. swimming, right?
1: <laughs> and just keep swimming. Yes.
0: All right. Let me sendori.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've this was such really
0: a enjoyed it. It was great to have
1: yes. you. On too. Thank you so
0: much. It's such right. an honor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would go and rate and review the show and also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from listening to the message. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram or you can email me at beacons of bravery at gmail.com i hope something that you heard today will help you go out and live a more joy-filled inspired life don't keep playing it safe be brave today and of course a huge shout out to steve denny for providing the music for this podcast